0: Roll them, guys. So you want us to roll? Yeah, I want you to roll them. The continent of Shar has never been the same since the Cataclysm when an unknown event caused a tremendous blast and shockwave that caused the widespread devastation. Forests were flattened, cities destroyed, and entire nations were thrown into disarray. But, it's nearly 500 years later, and people have mostly gotten on with their lives. Only the long-lived races view it as more than a footnote in history, 500 years being more than enough time for humans to rebuild. The Woodland Elves are reclusive and violent, while the ones who worked with mankind have gone civil, the Dorfs have become insular and untrusting again. Orcs and goblins have risen as a dominant race, selling muscle and livestock from their new kingdom at the feet of the Dorvan mountains. Giant kin can be found wandering the plains, avoiding towns, and a new offshoot of a strange red skin-toned hybrids have begun to appear in Bree. After the recent fall of one of its biggest economic and militaristic rivals, one nation has risen to fill the power gap. Bree, a nation once known for food, wine, and crafty mercantilism, is going through an industrial and magic revolution. It is fueled by a radical change in its leadership and has begun a steady subjugation of its neighbors. A nearly perpetual skirmish between Bree and Valeria has become an all-out war, a war that Valeria has begun to realize it cannot win. Not only does Bree possess better technology, but they are well-organized, seemingly overnight, but also culturally stronger, a country marked with struggle, but at the same time filled with promise if one is willing to work under the yoke of the primacy. Many refugees of the weakened nation of Celestian flock to Bree for protection. The sparse forest and deep hills of North Celestian are becoming dangerous as more and more beasts, fairies, and other monstrosities have become increasingly common. On top of the political and national change, a magical renaissance has begun as well. For some reason, the arcane has become easier and more common. The weave of magic within the realms of Shar has demonstrated a strange transformation, and there are only a few people who truly understand why. Ancient beasts of legend, not long ago, were spoken only of in stories, and located only in the deepest of dungeons by explorers. They have now started to appear, encroaching on remote settlements and preying on the populace. Adventurer was a job that for some time in history was often synonymous with vagabond or two-bit mercenary, but old dangers have re-risen, and old jobs find strange new applicants. The Way of Magic was once the purview of mages and priests. Often they kept an eye and fostered the arcane talent. And though many could perform a handful of tricks, true arcane power was rare and mostly outside the reach of the common man. But along with the beasts, and the strange flow of arcana, came new ingenuity as well. A new working class of artificers is becoming common. Strange practitioners who have unfailingly made magic more accessible to all through the creation of new, commonplace magical items and accessories. While these items often lack the stability of wizard's charm, or a Dorvan or Elven artifact's unbreakable power, they make up for it by being more affordable or, if not, more likely to be sold at all. This upsurge in invention came with a price, however, and the nations of Brie and Valeria found plenty of willing contractors when they came looking to pay them for new weapons. And because of this, the last 20 years of war have been unlike anything seen before. Guns have come to shock. Loud, destructive, smoke-blasting tools of death have been invented. Cheap to make and easy to train with, these simple but effective weapons have become relatively commonplace. The primacy places strict rules in the ownership of firearms, keeping them for only their military and policing forces to use. Yeah, guys, we're starting campaign two. We're going to try out this new rolling method I recently saw. You roll 24 dice, you drop your six lowest, whatever the six lowest dice are, you just take them out of the mix, and then you uh, just put them in any groups of three you want to get your stats. That's weird. Yeah, it's going to scale a little bit higher, probably, because you have a little more control over the the low ones that get taken out. Uh, Drop
1: the lowest six.
0: But uh, I think that's going to be kind of fun, and it'll give you guys a fairly good balance. So you should end up with 18 dice that you turn into six scores.
2: Okay. Oh, you said roll 24. I, I rolled my D20s. I rolled my D12s. So I just pick any six.
1: And, he rolled uh, a 24s. 24. Okay, no, you're, to be you, fair... It would be on brand. Yeah. I did roll... Mitch, if you rolled 24
0: that D20s, your highest score would be a 12. Because I know you.
2: I got a 17 on one of my D20s. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I got a five, and a four, and a fifteen, and I got two fifteens! So,
0: session zero, guys. Holy shit. We made it.
3: Hey, shut up, I'm still counting my dice.
0: Okay, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and read a little world uh, lore while you guys do that. How's that? Do it, babe. Does that feel good? I don't believe you.
3: Didn't I tell you to shut up while I was counting my dice?
0: It's been 18 years. Since the last campaign, if anybody needs to know that. Basically, after the Celestian had a war with Bree, uh Brie just started doing its thing. Because Celestian, having lost Griffinport, Well, not lost Griffinport, but having had so much happen in the last campaign, Celestian just could not worry about a foreign power anymore. And Bree has more or less been allowed to kind of reign unchecked for the last few years. They've really consolidated their power in Griffinport. They aren't going all out to war with Brie. And that has made met Valeria uh, has been dealing with them for the most part. And you guys are starting out in Brie as Brian soldiers of one form or another. Uh. <laughs> yeah. a Few differences here yeah, and there. Yeah, sure, bud. Yeah. Sure, yeah bud. A few differences here and there. And uh so yeah. Well, let's see what what's what's next on the docket here. Welcome to session zero for Torchlit Tavern Campaign 2.
4: Woo! Session Zero.
0: Yeah. Wow. wow! Yeah! Session Zero. Hey, here's something uh, that I'm going to have to ask y'all. I was A- muted. And maybe yeah. you guys can help me do it as we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Ryan coming in for the finish. <laughs> yeah, thanks, bud. I have not named this that campaign team. yet. Last time I ended up naming the last one City Life, and I didn't really come up with that till later, too. But uh, I am definitely open to what we name this. Uh,
2: I think we should name this The Torchlit Tavern Season 2. Bro, yo, what the... I don't know how to write that on like a on an episode
0: when I post not it. Really, not
3: really. Uh, we we name this one Clicky Clacky Math Rocks." It's in the books this time. It's in the books this time. Um,
0: uh, I was thinking primacy is my is my initial concept because that is the name of the Briean Empire.
3: Yes, the primacy of Brie. Yes. Uh, uh, Cheesy primacy. Yeah, sure. I I think I I liked where he's going, but I'm gonna go in a different different direction. We'll call this one funky. Campaign two, this one's funky, because it's because it's brie. Brie is funky.
0: Campaign three would be fresh, right? Is that what we're gonna do? This
1: one's fresh. Yeah, funky fresh. This one's funky.
3: Uh, Let's call it campaign two, electric boogaloo.
1: Campaign two, fever in the funk house.
3: Ooh, fever of the right, Hold house. on, hold on.
1: Writing all
0: these down. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll. You know, we'll see which one feels right in the moment. For now, we'll just, just sort of go with it. You know, so funky, uh, electric boogaloo. What was that last uh, campaign
1: one? Campaign two. A, uh, a fistful of bullets. A fistful of bullets. Uh, for a full. For a few dynamite more. For for a few paintballs more.
2: I feel bad recommending this cuz i feel like it's not in the energy that we're having here but what about just torchlit tavern semicolon the campaign of brie why <laughs> because it's literally a campaign in brie right like uh, we're doing a military no. campaign
0: i'm glad you asked you will be traveling way more this time around gentlemen i know that i kept <laughs> y'all
2: in one town for a whole campaign campaign of the primacy better uh
3: how about how about we call it um Live brie or Die Young.
0: Mm. Alright, I like that. I'll write that one down. Alright. I think uh, that this is good to run
1: live on. Live brie now. or Die Cheddar because Cheddar is a hard cheese. And brie is a soft yes. cheese.
3: Yes, live brie or Die Cheddar. I like that. It's
0: definitely gonna be on some of the propaganda for the army, I think.
3: Uh, um Let Breedom Ring. Uh,
0: let Breed 'em ring. Uh, uh, definitely more propaganda posters for sure. These are these are these are all gonna be all throughout town. Uh in the meantime, hey guys. Uh
3: Bree kind rewind.
0: You guys uh, uh, rolled some characters. Campaign two, pop, pop, <laughs> pop, pop. is drop.
3: Fantastic. Uh, campaign two, pachow, you You know pachow, what? You know what? I I, I
0: asked you guys for help, but and I, and thank you. You guys have really given me a lot to think about. I think that You're I'll welcome. get back to you about the name. Um, campaign you don't need to help. two, black you don't, powder, you, go boom. No, you don't. You don't need to help anymore. It's fine.
1: Uh, what I want to know black about powder, is your go. characters. Hey, that would be great. Campaign two, just black powder is really good though.
0: Black powder yeah,
3: is black powder
0: good. I like. Ooh, shit. Okay. Let me, th- yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we might- you made a landed on it. That's what happens when you throw spaghetti at the wall, everybody. You're welcome.
2: See, you were mad, but we were I getting was mad. mad I am mad.
3: And, <laughs> then, and then we circled back. I can't stay mad Once at again, you. Once again, I
2: apologize for being on task. I know it's off-brand, and I'll try not to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah please it knock it makes... off. I don't know how to handle it.
0: You pivot so hard that I'm always like, I don't notice it when you do something brilliant.
1: <laughs> if it makes you feel yeah. better, neither do I. Mm. Yo, these stats, <laughs> <not bad. laughs> these stats, not bad.
0: These stats, not bad? All right. So that's where our world is. We are Torchlit Tavern. We are a real play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We focus on narrative driven storytelling whenever we can. And we're going to be leaning really hard into it for our brand. My name is Jameson Oxford. My brand. I am your dungeon master and will be your dungeon master for this campaign. I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons for 17 years since I was 14 years old. Yeah. Big nerd. Big nerd. Been playing since third edition. Uh, I've played a little bit of 3.5, Pathfinder, a lot of Pathfinder. Uh, A little bit of fourth. It didn't last long for reasons that I'm sure people are familiar with. And and then fifth, which I really like. I think it's an easy way for people to get into the game. If you haven't listened to the show, welcome. And
2: I hope you enjoy our show. Uh, Playing with me for this campaign is going to be... I just, want to, I just want to throw this out there before we kick on Ryan. How many campaigns have you finished, Jay? I mean, you've been playing for a long time. It's oh, fair. one. One. Uh, oh. The one that we recorded.
0: Yeah, one.
1: That's impressive. Re-
0: I, you might say that this whole hey, thing was a one? con nice. to get players to stick around for a whole campaign. Because, you know, get things fall apart. People put it on the back burner because it's just their hobby. But if you force them to record it every day and you tell them that people are listening, they, they show up. Pro DM tip out there. Record your sessions release them for other people you'll actually see the end of your stories
2: but not the first one
0: not the first not after you've hit
3: me with that uh, that revelation i'm afraid i know this is session zero but i gotta leave for some reason because i can't do it twice in a row
0: you know at least he's leaving now i can replace him i can figure it out um i'm gonna get on the phone you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves
1: yeah so back to me i guess i am ryan santos and uh yeah, that's really it. No, I'm kidding. I have played D and D for how long? Did we do this podcast?
0: Three years, three,
1: four years, six months on. Oh shit! Oh, too long. Some would say, but uh, that is how long I've really been playing D and I started on fourth, and like everybody says, it's not the best. But fifth, I'm telling you, I'm having a blast. And uh, yeah, I I've only been in one real campaign, and I finished that one. So suck it, Jay. And uh, yeah. Just uh, I like playing D D now. It's kind of embarrassing.
0: It's a weird energy to bring into the game, there, bud. Like, yeah, you know, your character's so squishy now. You have a one So
1: squishy. So squishy. It's the squishiest. So
3: squishy, and you just told the DM to suck it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's, you it's, really f- firm energy, moves. I'm,
1: and I'm for it. Make it, make it firm. Squishy yeah.
2: energy. Yeah, firm squishy. I like energy. it. Chub energy. Chub energy. We've done firm, and we've done firm and squishy. It's chub energy. Oh God. Man, if, if that's not that our is, brand. That is,
1: that is the happy
3: medium. It's real firm tofu energy, that's all I'm saying, you know.
1: But who else am I playing with?
3: Yeah. Well, we're, we, we also, uh, well, we lost Jeff. Uh, hello, everyone. So, we're, we're uh,
0: gonna...
2: so I'm uh, not it.
0: No, it's Mitch, because Jeff left. You know, he, he quit on
1: us. Damn so it. You've got to go, go now. That's the podcast.
2: Okay, Um. hi, I'm Mitch. If you listened to the last campaign, thank you, and I'm sorry. And ha <laughs> ha,
1: suckers, I got
2: you! In order. Yeah. And sorry again. Um, honestly, I don't know why I'm here. I only played the last campaign because I told Jay, God damn it, Jay, I'm gonna make you fucking finish the campaign with me. Because I've also been playing D&D for a long time, and I share Jay's track record because he's who I've been playing D&D with. <laughs> uh, Actually, I was gonna leave. I'll catch y'all later.
1: Fuck, man. It's just me and Ryan today. Cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, that's how it started, right? That's true. This, this was our Back idea. Back to the beginning. This was our, my mistake. Your idea, and then I introduced you to podcasts, and that was that was my fault.
0: Well, tell us more about you, yourselves if you're if you're staying. If not, then I need to get on the phone. I got I got backups. I'll hit them up. We got fans who are chomping at the bit to replace you. Okay, well I've got audience. I've this got a couple this of isn't this isn't uh-huh. true except for some of you. But I'll I'll hit you up if these fuckers leave me. I will.
3: Uh, well, I guess I just got called into this campaign um to replace Mitch. How weird is that fucking Mitch drop down? I never thought that was going to happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm he likes Jeff. to drop out midway. Yeah. Uh, I have been playing D and D for the better part of like five or six years now, which is not as long as uh, the other guys, but I've played probably very close to as many campaigns. How crazy is that? Um, he has a fever. I, I jumped in it. Uh, you know, with both feet, and I just kept going. I was doing three campaigns a week for a while, but now i've I started going to a twelve step program and I've been able to cut down um, and you know I still I, st- I still pin up a new character every now and again, even though there's not a game to play him with, but I'm doing better uh- <laughs> uh, with that being said i I've played in second edition, that's how I started crazy, I know. I've never played the Forbidden Edition of 4th. I played a little 3.5 or Pathfinder. I got the books, bro. It's not too late. Don't bother. It's forbidden. I will not. Um, And, of course, this was my introduction uh, starting in this podcast when uh, I was the other Jeff that's not this Jeff. uh, (laughs) Is how I started 5th Edition. And, uh, you know... It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to, uh, to get a new character off the ground. Let's go.
4: You're off, your rocker, man. Our great nation doesn't stoop to low warfare. We're winning because we got better weapons, better infrastructure, more passionate men and women wearing a black and red I know you heard stories of towns being slaughtered near the coast but there are terrorists out there gunning for any man who walks Cobb streets not to mention our enemies both inside and outside our country why do you think it was these super soldiers they have scales and sharp teeth look at you man You sound like a conspiracy, Thieves. If we had super assassins, don't you think it'd be in our country's best interest to tell us and our enemies about them? Strike fear, you know? And pride for us. Why hide soldiers so effective that they sneak into King's quarters without being seen? Besides, even if we did, they're probably just well-trained men I've heard stories of our old Marines from back in the old wars. It makes them sound supernatural.
2: Hey, uh, Ryan and Jay and Jeff. Uh, hey, Mitch, wait, no, happened? Jay, you told me I had you called. You just called me and said that Jeff bailed. I see yeah. Jeff right here.
0: Well, yeah, yeah
3: I actually, bailed. I just got called. So I'm because not sure what's going bailed.
2: on. You, uh, I'm Mitch. Jay you. called me because he said some asshole bailed. Yeah, Jeff. So bailed. I was gonna help him out with his podcast. You bailed. Uh, and then anyway, I, you. do you want me to do an intro? Uh, I
0: think we already <laughs> we've got your old <laughs> one. If that's
3: yeah, we've got your we old one. Get we get can just into use into that. Yeah. No, no. no he, he left.
2: He's out. He's not on the. Okay, then what does new Mitch bring to the table? Hey guys, I'm Mitch. I've been podcasting for about a year. I've got a long history of public speaking, and I'm an ultra nerd. I've been playing D&D with Jay for a really long time, though it was before the podcast. And I'm pretty excited to see how his world's developed. One of the things that we've mentioned before, but we didn't mention here, is that his world is actually a canonically consistent progressive reality that has been running for, what did you say, like 17 years, Jay? So it's very cool to see how this goes and develops. And I'm interested
0: to see what we end up with. probably more like 10, but yeah.
1: It, it is funny to me that he did say that he's been podcasting for a year when the podcast has been going on Definitely for at least three. three. Definitely so.
2: three. He's only been here
0: for a year, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He reinvents
1: himself every few years, you know. Oh, no, Mitch...
2: I've been on the podcast for years. Oh, cu-
1: cumulative time is what you're saying.
2: I've been podcasting for about a year.
3: Fair enough. That's when I started <laughs> right. to give a shit. Oh,
1: so, anyway. So, yeah, so this is
0: my team. I did it to me, ladies and Sorry. gentlemen.
3: Yeah, fucking mistakes were made. Yeah, right? I
0: can't believe that I did this twice. Um, so in that frame of thought and dread, what characters are, do you bring to my table this time? You, I've told you about the world. We've discussed a little bit here and there. What? monstrosities did you create i i made this world where like there are these warring armies and these things and it's like very important that there's like some sort of baseline so you guys all made like
2: standard like dwarf elf characters right like i asked
1: calling them monstrosities is like slightly offensive to Call almost it, all calling of us.
2: ryan's character a monstrosity is my brand
1: it's i mean it is on brand but it also like slightly no, describes all of us it. so that's kind of rude he- he can't well, have yeah, onion. Should, mean,
0: it shouldn't describe all of you because I specifically asked you guys to play like human, elf, dwarf, right? Like keep it kind of simple. Yeah. You,
3: wait. Hold on. Yeah. You told me. to- Wait. You said to use the core races. I thought that text said don't use the core races.
2: Oh. What? No. It why? said you make sure you use a core base. Right. Do du- do. I use a core bold, base. Italicized and underlined. Do not tell. do. What did you make? Right here, yeah. right here. It says, "Make sure Mitch don't be an asshole. Make sure you yeah. use a core base race." Yeah, so, so we're I batting used a core base race like
0: one out of two, right?
2: Yeah, I made a shifter because they're based on a core race. Fuck. Oh, so Mitch, what did you make? I made a shifter. Okay, a shifter what?
0: Oh, I'm mid maxed. Cool. So last time
1: we So not get you, you to say, I'm Last time you.
0: Last so time we terrible. couldn't get you to say what you were. Because Goliath wasn't wasn't important, but now you're just your race, and that's how you only identify?
2: Yeah, entirely. No, I uh I really decided I decided to min-max this time. I really think I broke it out. So I'm playing a shifter barbarian, and uh my stats are pretty dope. I've got a 13, a 14, an eighteen, a nine, a seventeen, and a seven. Oh man, those are it's the best uh, stats you've uh, ever rolled, bud. They are my stats are fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's so great. I'm playing a, a shifter, a shifter barbarian. haven't played one of those. Uh, I chose, originally, because Mitch builds characters very early in the plan, I was a swift stride, but I've actually elected to do Wild Hunt, because I felt that it was more canonically appropriate to my character's design, and Min Max better with barbarian. Yeah,
0: more, more Min Max-y, yeah, because I, I yeah. you told me about that particular I'm gonna hack. need
2: the help. Yeah. I'm gonna need the help. We just watched this for three years. I need the help. So, Jeff- <laughs> And if you- Jeff, you made if it. If you've
3: recently listened to the I'm, Christmas episode, or Solstmas episode, uh, you will know that he's been experimenting with min-maxing
2: I'm just hoping recently. to min-max my way sure. to moderate.
0: So, Jeff, you made, a, like, a an elf or something, right? Since Mitch failed me?
3: Oh. I followed
2: oh, your instructions to the T.
3: Oh, bud. I, um- i misread that text so Mm. no no i didn't um i
0: shouldn't be surprised though i don't think you've ever played anything that was even remotely a base race right like that's just not you as a person yeah it's not
3: me it's not it's not who i am man you should have known that no vanilla no no
0: vanilla no shorties right those are the two rules no
3: i've played some short races before
0: okay so jeff what did you make
3: um i made i made a uh Scorpion. I mean a character that's based on the Simic Hybrid block. The what? The Simic Hybrid. Uh,
0: what the fuck's a Simic Hybrid? I think it's a, a hybrid of like a Simic? Simics? Yeah, thank you. Simics. What the fuck is a Simic Hybrid? I got what you, did you Ryan. what did you hybridize it with? Was it like elf or, or human?
3: N- no, like sea creatures mostly.
2: Like oh what stats <laughs> are.
0: You are you playing using a sentient
2: that? Jambalaya?
3: <laughs> I wish. It's, I didn't see that stat block, or else I would. Uh, I, I I didn't see de- a stat block definitely. for a
0: sea creature. What stat block are you using?
3: Uh, well, like I said, it's a simic hybrid, and like um, so you could have like one of two base races, and one of those could have been like kind of like an elf, like a triton. Yeah, or something, it could have been. But yeah, uh, I, but
2: a Triton's I not I didn't, He's playing a ceviche.
3: I didn't go that route. Um, I actually have kind of created a bit of my own base race for that really yeah i sent you a email though like i gave you a lot of lore that i was writing and um some interesting stuff mm. i think you should read it i think it'll fit into your world really nicely did you get that email If you yeah, i think
2: it's really rude of you jay i mean he misread your email but he at least read it
3: yeah it's that's pretty well composed um uh, i'm
0: gonna think I'm gonna, and uh what, what, yeah what is, I, wait, what's your class? I, I, What's your what's your, what's your class?
3: Oh well, that's easy. I'm a rogue.
0: Oh okay, all right. That's that's something <gasps> sweet. You're playing a broken class too. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna be a standard old rogue. Yeah. That's what the I'm going broken for. Broken
0: class in Dungeons and Dragons. oh uh, Ryan. Yeah. R- Ryan, you. Hey bud. You you made a normal character, right?
1: Yeah, I made a human.
0: Cool. I don't even know what to do with your human now. They, yeah, like, I made a hum- I've got to I made it so human. hard to make their characters fit that I'm gonna. Here, hold I don't on. Let you, me let me switch. You can't be a human.
1: Let me switch over to D and D Beyond. It okay. says not sponsored. Should be pay us that. You know that doesn't say human. What does it say, Ryan? It, it says what's this character with a number? A Warforged Artificer. Oh, ooh, right. that makes sense. You see, I thought I clicked human, but it's like right next to the W. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not
2: at, it's at all. Not. It, That's it's a lie. I don't. Uh, Ryan, are you bipedal?
1: Yes, close
2: enough. Okay, as Plato said, a featherless biped is human. He is on task. God damn it, Plato!
3: Oh shit! Then we all made humans. Yeah, you did. Fuck yeah. Okay, well, shit. Go, Plato. Yeah, 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 we're all humans.
2: Hey, CJ, see? I'm a big fan of
0: Plato, so you know it stands. Uh, I'll make it work. I uh,
1: also like Plato, but don't eat it. Artemis
0: also loves Plato. He's been dead a long time. I doubt he tastes good. Um, so. I'm going to am going to put jokes to the side. I'm going to put jokes to the side for a second. Shut him up. We did talk about this. This isn't a surprise. I'm going to This is fine. Uh this is tell fine. me. Uh everything is fine. So, you guys actually picked races that are all world homebrew. So this is going to be fun. Uh, I I I the these are all going to be new Torchlit Tavern, World of Shar, uh in the in the in the plane called Obscuria. Only we're using stats from the book. Warforged is about the closest thing to just buy the book that we've got, and even that we're going to be taking our own direction. Your simic hybrid, we're going to change the names of that simic hybrid. We're going to give it a different name because they're not simics in my world. That's very much a magic. Street sharks, I believe. Street sharks. Street sharks is a is a good one. I like that one. It's got an energy that I just like. Uh, How can you not? Alternatively, I was thinking that we might call them fishy boys. You know, I changed my vote. Or maybe uh, sushi roll order number two.
3: Uh. Yeah, I, I think we could- Shrimp Supreme. Is it- Oh, I don't- Shrimp Supreme, I'm not- What about- We
1: could-, could it could Cephalopod Surprise. It does sound dangerous. I, I do like Cephalopod uh, Surprise.
3: Uh, Cephalopod Surprise. We're getting closer. Can we call it, uh, uh, you know, as long as you don't call them calamari, like, honestly- i guess we don't want to
2: call him calamari that's too on point we should put like one syllable in front of it like mon calamari that way it'll be completely original then it's fucking star
3: wars Stupid. that sounds like a trap
0: yeah so wow no opinions we'll figure out the proper name and we'll leave all these racist terms there on the table for other people to call you and piss your character
3: off sick i love it already yeah i love it i mean i'm gonna hate it
0: you're gonna hate the shit out of it yeah It'll be the casual way for the DM to say, you can kill this NPC. Uh, Mitch, <laughs> you are playing a shifter.
3: Love it. Yeah. Uh,
0: and shifters are a race from the Eberron campaign book. If anybody's played those, they're really cool. They're like cat, dog people, like bo- like half. Animals. <laughs> yeah, like a half werewolf thing. Uh, so it looks like cat dog. we're going to make it our own. There's going to be their cat own lore dog. in our world. And uh, you are kind of like a first second generation all of you well all everyone but jeff everyone is sort of a first or second generation version of these races that's how new a lot of these races are uh but what makes yours special what kind what what are you exactly how do you envision the shifter oh
2: was that in that document
0: uh probably yeah i i sent a lot of lore packets out you guys
2: should have been reading Sorry, I was gonna read it yesterday and then I had a thing. No, I, I expected that, actually. This is not a surprise to Jay. Um look, I, I had time. I had time, that time got taken from I thought I had more time. No, that, was that's the fine. Thing important,
3: um, important at least.
1: Are you I read be, my lore Packet you're but like six months ago.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a barbarian shifter.
0: Yeah, all right. We'll talk about your barbarian part. Uh what what sure, brings sure. what brings your I, character? I
3: sent you the lore packet. That's but yeah, okay. I. I we'll get. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll see, get there. Barbarian nobody shifter.
2: So we can Let's agree to not be mad. Nobody read the lore packet they were sent. I. I read. That's better, right? Everyone's I, I, Cool. So yeah, we all we all made some mistakes. Uh, yeah. No uh, shifter barbarian. Yeah, that's me. That's what I'm about. I am a shifter, and uh, I am uh, like a base race, but not because I'm I'm shifted, and uh, I can choose to be more shifted. And I can also choose to be mad. Cool, you're you're not prepared at all, are you? Like, at all, for this whole thing, huh? No, I'm super prepared. I do reckless attack, and I get advantage, and you don't.
3: Hold on. I'm a barbarian.
2: I need nothing else. I I, I was hoping to give the listeners more. Mitch didn't come prepared?
3: I thought we were going to play today. No. Hold on. We're not playing today. today. Did you even bring dice, Mitch?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I got dice. He rolled them earlier. Like 30 of them. I specifically curated a substantial portion of questionable cheap dice in my hideous bronze color from a dollar store. But
0: you're a barbarian and you only need two. And I've heard
2: online that they are terrible. You
0: only need two dice as a barbarian. You know that, right? Yeah, it's for my cross class. You're level one. You're gonna what?
2: Yeah, I gotta level up first.
0: Okay, we'll come back to that. I
2: always plan ahead.
0: Um... (sighs) Uh yeah, okay, so pivoting from from Mitch Ryan, uh, what do you want hey. to tell the uh, the listeners about your character starting out?
1: Uh, well, like I said, they are a warforged artificer. Uh, initially, I was going to uh, hopefully cross 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 class, but I think since uh, the D and D people have uh, fixed the artificer, and there is now set thing and they're no longer just like testing and messing with it i like where it is now so there's just going to be an artificer all the way through Ooh, and uh cool. as as i recall story-wise my uh my art my warforged has been deactivated for some time and okay. so they are going to be yeah. uh, coming into a world that they know very little of and uh
0: I think it's good that we started I'll with you, too, because we have alluded to the fact that we've met your character on the show. Right. Yes.
1: Technically, my show was in the first campaign. My show? Is that what I said? My character was yeah, in the sure. first <laughs> Technically, my character was in the first campaign. So, yeah, maybe go back and listen to that one and see if you can figure out where they were. But mm-hmm. I don't want to really give you more than that because I'm a to tease ya okay such a tease love a
0: good tease uh the only thing i'll say is that yeah you your character is part of the warforged from campaign one that we met these robotic creations that were in the town of santitas at the time when they tried to infiltrate when the group did he might Mm -hmm. not have been there you guys are gonna have to look a little harder to find his character but that is like what he's comes from he's one of those and we're gonna delve into what that new race is and how they uh are in the world and where they live uh on the flip side of that we have an older race one that's been around but not seen yet that we've invented for our for our game using simic hybrid stats uh tell us a little bit about this race jeff this one's definitely a brainchild of yours like you you had an idea for what you wanted this to be when you brought it to me like we worked on it a little bit together but fuck this is you but, and i and i really like this yeah, one I it's mean... not just you saw a picture in a book and you loved it so much that you had to play it like grim was this one, this one, this,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this one I kind of, I kind of ran with the ran with the concept a lot. I like the idea of the Simic hybrid um, build for those of you who are out here trying to get the tech out of it. Yeah, definitely using the the Simic hybrid tech options, but uh, they give you two options in the book, and since like one of those existed, but the other one doesn't in in Jay's world, and I was like, well, if I am already gonna use something that doesn't exist, I might as well kind of just build it out and i started doing that based roughly on the other race which was which was since like then when we started but we it was we which, it was vidalkin at the point in which we started yeah but at this point it's it's taken on such a life of its own that it is not it's not really that anymore mm. no um, i definitely
0: started to create its own thing you are yeah, uh, um, you are a fun pain in the ass jeff i have yet to make a character with you that wasn't just something totally off the wall and uh, that we yes. didn't need to create lore around just to bring it into game. Like you know, we've had to do that. Yeah, again just to make your, it work. <laughs> giant pain in the ass, but luckily I am into that shit.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now uh, we all know. We all know.
0: So uh, yeah. what, what? Luckily
3: enough, with me around, you don't have to. You don't have to hire the mistress. Um, are Are you keeping but,
0: what they look like, like what they are, kind of until we begin, or do you want to like, give us a taste of what what it means to be these uh, fishy boys? I am going to go with fishy boy um, today.
3: Fishy boy, we're going today. With fishy boy yeah. For we'll today, we'll like. do the, well, yeah, we'll do the full reveal later. Um, but I, I, I think, I think what I will discuss, we're I, I would love to get to, get into a little bit of like what that means, what they are, and a little bit of what they kind of look like. Um, so like when I built this, this like, uh, amphibious race, because they are, they spend a lot of time in the ocean, is what I decided, but they're gonna be definitely amphibious right obviously that's a whole other challenge i don't really want to i don't want to be like i gotta drink water every five minutes so like let me start tracking this um (laughs) yeah uh,
0: there's going to be some some interesting repercussions to this but we'll try to keep them fun
3: right of course i you know i just more than anything if it if he wasn't amphibious then the fun repercussion is that your world now has also invented a reverse scuba suit so i just didn't need (laughs) that as a is a part that we included. It Just, was a no, bit extra. Every, every um,
0: adventure takes place next to a river. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but what I've done with this race that we've created, the Fishy Boys, uh, is I've decided to kind of combine uh, a, a humanoid baseline, like human-like, right, with a couple of uh, sea creatures I find interesting, and those specifically are like uh, cephalopods, like uh, like octopi. And or octopodes. So and
0: are you going with tentacles or is it? Jeff, did you, you make octodad?
3: Like <laughs> uh, I'm definitely. I, I think. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go a little bit into it. I, I think that they're 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 very heavily octopodes based, but no tentacles. No I think tentacles. they might still have suckers. I'm
1: going to call your character takoyaki.
0: No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, no. There's another uh, one for the list. No, no Cthulhu, no Captain of the Flying Dutchman, none of that going
3: on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna have any of that no going on. Beards. I don't think there'll be any tentacles. No, I think they're gonna be pretty humanoid. Okay. I think the so the other thing I combined them with a little bit was something that was a little bit more prevalent and uh that in the in the ocean, trying it or not, trying which not is to sharks. let this
0: character end up on Tumblr too much is what you're doing to remove right. the tentacles from them. exactly.
3: Yeah. So I combined them with sharks. So they're not, they are still in so technically because shark. sharks are kind of sort of, um, uh, you know, I think that, I think that base race, they don't all look very sharky, but I think that that allows them to have a little bit more skeletal structure. I really went into this, uh, <laughs> <He> but, <did. laughs> but they don't have a real skeleton this was a long because story. sharks don't have real skeletons. But, uh, long story short, I created this race that, that, um, did you just lives tell? Did you just tell me that coast. your character
0: is
2: all cartilage, no bone? Yeah. Okay. Hang yes, on. I did. Hang on. What he just told you is even better. If he ever dies and a necromancer raises his corpse, he's Zombie gonna turn into one of those clacky jaws. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because the only bones in his body are gonna be his jaw Pac-Man. pieces. Pac-Man. Um, so, uh,
3: actually, jaws. point of uh, Jeff's random fact: Jeff's random fact: shark jaws aren't bone either; they're just the dried cartilage. Okay. Because if you notice, they don't have a working hinge because they don't need to hinge. All right. When they're snake jaws don't have a hinge.
0: Okay. uh, Random facts is great. There's going to be a lot of nature, I think, between you and Mitch, uh, because I know Mitch is playing a character very close to nature. You and Ryan are both similar in that you guys are playing characters that are sort of ingrained into this the primacy that we discussed. This empire that's building yes. up, you guys kinda are sorta. very much yes. warriors, tools of that empire. Yeah, definitely, kind of. Way, shape, or form, y'all have been living in it. Let's put it that way.
3: Right. No, definitely.
0: Uh, but Mitch is not part of the company. He's not part of the corporation. The no, piracy. I'm here to
3: kill you all.
0: That, yeah, I was trying to figure yeah. out how exactly I am here how we're here to undermine.
2: I am here to undermine the entire foundation of the civilization that has grown to develop you. And bring it all back to the right and just causes of nature. And oh no, it's
0: selection. my big reveal that Mitch is the big bad. You've ruined it. <laughs>
3: oh no. Oh no. Oops. Yeah. Oh no, my plot—it's broken. My
0: plot is broken. We spoiled it. Uh, wh- what is your character and like, compared to them? How much do you want to tell us? Um,
2: my character is an interesting. So my character as a character—he's a shifter. Cool, whatever. He's a barbarian. Okay, stats, dope, whatever. The meat on my character is that he is an anti-hero, so to speak, against civilization.
0: He's against heroes. He
2: comes from, yes, he comes from a very naturalized sect that has got a lot of problems. It's as part of Antifa. Has ended up being very militant, very aggressive, very burn this shit to the ground and start over. It's what would be natural. Activist. So. Violent activism, violent military activities. Okay,
0: which is going to put you at odds with our other players.
2: The the difference with my character compared to a lot of his family, I guess you would say, is that he is more intellectually proactive about it. The brainwashing didn't take full effect. The brainwashing did, but he still thinks about it. He's got that indoctr—he's got the same indoctrination that all of these extremists have but he still thinks about the task at hand. Okay. I, I guess right. you could say that he's the obnoxious guy in the group who always wants to do extra. The guy who always wants to optimize the operation, and the boss is like, dude, you just had to go in and kill a dude. And he's like, yeah, but I stayed for a couple of days, poisoned the well, and burnt down their crops. That's going to wipe out the whole town.
3: So, that Hold on, the, what did you say his intelligence stat was? Nine oh man he's using that brain he he's using what little brain he's got idea, he's using right. it, he's using yeah. it. Uh, he's... so i want you to i want you to think you're overthinking things a lot and i want you to fail at that that's what yeah, i know he great was for your he was
2: raised in a bubble fairies remember 20 years ago when we were kids and the weather was super weird I heard that that was because the world of fairies damn near merged with ours. It's true. Some guy from Griffinportway told me. Said there was a rift in the sky and everything anyway. Turns out that whatever happened, the barrier between the land of the fairies and us is thinner now. So when weird shit happens, and you think someone's watching you, or tricks get played on you by the woodland spirits, it's because them fairies have an easier time coming across to cause us mischief. Don't believe me then. You must not spend much time in the woods there, friend. There's more than mischief happening out there. And it ain't just angry wildlings doing their malevolence. Now that Mitch has
0: brought up the fact that he's basically a radical activist uh, murderer, uh, he poisons wells, let's go ahead and talk about our hard and soft limits for the game. Uh, <laughs> we, maybe we should address some of those things that we're going to be discussing. We we handle some serious issues here on Torchlit Tavern. And in order to make Mitch's character work, we will have to deal with uh, differences in opinion. We'll call it. Uh, we'll have to cut like some of the things he's dealing with are. Uh, what, what
2: do you call that when uh, the? When I'm playing a bad person. Not just that. It's, it's straight up. When, when, no, right. no, but straight up. Shout out and a thing that I want to iterate right now before we go any further. I am not a bad person. I am playing a bad person, and I fear that I am a good enough role player that that may be confused at times. So I just want to lay that clear yeah, now. If anyone's yeah, confused I,
1: about that, he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, and, and we see
0: parallels with that recently in like uh, Winter Soldier, right? That those, their Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whatever the fuck it was, uh, with the the bad guy in that, that lady activist who was blowing shit up. Yeah, yeah. the lady. Yeah. She's yeah. a really good indication of, I think, what Mitch is going for. Um. It's that. Oh no, I of, meant
2: like Mitch is not a bad person, but oh, yeah. Mitch is going to be playing a horrible person. Hey, oh, we know that. Mitch it's a good a thing of, to remind people.
0: Let, let's not leave to that. We all know how you. I, I. I don't know that you're a good person, Mitch. Like as your views practice. and
2: representations on this show do not indicate views and representations of the person portraying the character.
0: Uh, that sort of is a, a lead in to hard and soft limits. We're going to be dealing with some uh, taking it seriously. We're going to be dealing with some rough topics. We, as a play table and group. We don't shy away from character trauma, like telling these stories from a very real perspective where you guys have dealt with things. If you guys listen to campaign one, we, we had characters that dealt with, with stuff. They dealt with poverty. They dealt with race tension. They dealt with all of these things. And we're going to continue that because those are the kind of stories that we like to tell. It's something that people understand. If these are things that you don't really like, I don't know that I would recommend our show. We will try to handle them with enough, uh, Respect and lightheartedness That hopefully it won't be un like I'm hoping that it'll be interesting and fun for for anyone to listen to. Uh, we, we're gonna do our best to treat these things with an entertainer's respect. You know what I mean? Um, and I actively encourage anyone if we say things that are if we if we if we play out story arcs that trouble people to reach out to us and let us know why. We love to hear feedback, and we we'd love to have dialogues
2: about these sort of things. Yeah, call us uh, out.
1: We need to learn. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, if we're doing something that's making you uncomfortable, we're not intending to. So yeah, let and, us know cuz that and, was an accident.
1: And and, and we'll try right, we will try to resolve
0: and, it in a way that gets it out of the way if it's going inter- to if it's going to stop too many people from enjoying the show,
2: you know.
3: Right. We we we're glad to hear your 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 feedback and and understand what happened uh what what we may have done um to you and you know uh if if and how we can affect that. You know, obviously the the point of this whole statement is to say like, hey, we're going to be doing some rough stuff. There may be some things that might affect you. And like, if that happens from the stuff that might affect you that we know, unfortunately, that might be part of the story. But if it's something we stumble into,
0: yeah,
3: then Everybody we're more than happy spots. to be like, hey, we didn't mean to stumble into something yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> we we um, meant to make this point. And we can st- have that discourse.
0: I, as a dungeon master, uh, I know that there's a lot of discourse about uh, racism in Dungeons and Dragons and it that it shouldn't be there at all, this is my table, these are my players, and we've talked about it and we think that there is a certain amount of it that is is there because it's in the real world and we're trying to tell a real story. And so our world mirrors the real real world in certain ways, but luckily we get to control how extreme or awful that is and we get to control that barometer and how badly we get to
2: overcome it yeah that too we
0: also get to win (laughs) we get to have characters that change their mind we get to have uh a satisfying ending to these sort of things and while i'm not going to lean too heavily on it i'm not going to avoid those topics either and my players have are going to keep me in line and they and we're always have a dialogue and and uh, i encourage the listeners to as well if they have an opinion on what we're doing
3: absolutely and i mean like uh to to put it on record i think that me personally as a with several of us are actually uh uh biracial both of the two of us here are um are african-american uh to some descent uh and and by some i mean a decent amount (laughs) um and i we we talked about it and we both do think that it's relatively important to to not shy away from these types of things because they are so real yeah and it is something that people like us have to deal with and uh, you know of course Uh, I don't just want to like I, I think uh, I think that we have our own history of sort of trauma in that yeah. circumstance so we're not just here to poke and, at our own problems. Yeah, and, and, and
0: Dungeons and Dragons like I, I'm holding a distorted mirror of the real world. These races are not analogous to a race in the real world. I'm doing my best to make sure that that's not a thing. They might I might use accents because they're my easiest way to do a voice and things like that but they are not the same like i'm not i'm going to use like french and spanish accents in this campaign is my intent and but that doesn't make these places france and spain they might be a little bit inspired by but i'm going to be trying to have these worlds be mixed up and fantastical enough that you can't just draw direct lines because that's boring like i want to i want to change up your expectation and, and if you your pat your brain goes down a certain path watch out because i'm going to turn left on you because that's what i like to do um so that... I think that
2: brings us to a point of this campaign, too, is we've discussed it a lot, and we're not going to spoil what it is, but our with the way that we see our brand as the Torchlight Tavern and the way that we see our narratives is the triumphant light out of the darkness. Mm. And so you need to have that barometer. You need to establish what the darkness is gotta establish to grow, dark. to overcome that, to shine beyond it, to be that sort of, like representation of hope and overcoming evil. So it starts dark because it has to, for reference.
0: Yeah. But and that's the, not the point. In this campaign I'm not even gonna gonna be it's I don't know that racial tensions will be that high. they will be an issue. Uh but we're not gonna we're not that's that story was told last campaign a little bit more than I will It's not a while. focus point. Yeah, it's not it's not the focus. The I wanted to say that we're going to mainly be talking about political, probably, differences. And then that's not even the heart of my campaign. I have a story that's going to grow past that, and it might still be around. We'll see how y'all play, but that's not everything. It's just the backdrop that we are dropped into. We can't have these radical wars and differences in opinion that cause death without some serious opinionated people in charge. And I think that's that's the heart of what we're talking about.
3: I mean, I think the, I think the key to all of this is to say that— uh... We want to tell real stories. We want to tell good stories. And good stories have depth and development. And they have lows and highs and mids. And we're going to go on a journey. And we want to prep you for that journey to say that some parts are going to be rough. We have hard lines that we will never touch. But we will come into some dark places. And I hope you're willing to go there. And this one might be a bit darker than the last one.
0: Well, maybe. But we, that's... If you listen to Campaign One, you get an idea, especially with Dylan's story arc, how dark we could go with some of the family trauma and drama, and how his family, his father, treated him. Those are the kind of things that I mean when I'm not going to shy away from real uh, behaviors and things. We're never going to deal with uh, molestation or or rape just straight out the gate. We won't. We will never touch on that. We won't. We will barely allude to it, if if at all. As much as we we, we love our blue col- you know our blue humor and stuff like that. Uh, I, I I keep sex out of our campaigns in general, uh, just because I found that depending on your table, the jokes can land a certain or like the behavior can land a certain way uh, as a dungeon master. The novelty
2: I, often outweighs the
0: narrative. Yeah, if you have a mixed gender uh, group. Sometimes you guys can flirt, and you guys can talk about sex in game. It's fun to roll fake sex, right? You roll the dice. That's great. That's up to your table. I, I find that it's typically just better to avoid it because it usually bogs down the game and unnecessary Rolled for ways. sex. I
1: got a six and a nine. Ooh. Well, congratulations. Man, brother. I got a
0: four. Damn it. He do know what that means. Turns out the robot was made for love. Um, Ooh.
2: That's why he's yeah. been asleep for so long. He was made for love, not war, and this is a time of war. Of war. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, and and because it's a time of war, we're introducing guns. I'm going to be talking about the horrors of guns. I don't want to shine this idea that guns have been brought to this fantastical world. Guns are going to be very horrifying. I'm not going to be using the base rules for guns from the Dungeon Masters Guide that you guys are familiar with. They're muskets. They're still single shot, difficult to reload, items, so that they're so that your character abilities are still going to be very competitive, particularly as you level up. But At low levels and even at higher levels, a gun is going to be dangerous. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be violent. I'm going to handle... Persistent
2: lethality. I'm going to
0: be handling violence with a lot of seriousness, is my intent. When you guys go down for your death saves, I'm not just going to be like, roll a dice and whatever, because one of the things that I'm thinking about doing is, y'all are conscious when you die. I know the rules say otherwise, but we're going to discuss the fact that you're dying. And that's going to be a little dark and grim, but it gives us a chance to ha- have some roleplay moments and, you know, final words and things that are really great for an audio medium like ours that Dungeons & Dragons doesn't always support. Uh, but it's also really dark, and I am preparing the listener for that moment when I give the sweet, sweet, sweet final blow to my to these PCs who... Uh, uh, my, my friends, who I love. Uh, I don't want to yeah, kill Yeah, God this willing, at it's at me.
2: God willing, it's me. God willing, it's soon. Yes. Uh- <laughs> You're level one. Uh, And the other one that we had talked about, too, is D&D handles the violence. Very video game. Yeah. Oh, zero hit points. Shit, we're dying. Wait, nope, hang on. We're fine now. We have one hit point. We are now a fully operational battle station. Yeah. I'm it's not gonna not, lie. It's not how we intend to.
0: The video game violence is is so inherent in D and D that I wouldn't know how to get rid of it. But I I think I am gonna offset it with the the gun violence, the war violence that when it comes. You add it shows impact. Up, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit different. It's gonna hit different than than the regular D and D combat that you guys I get think,
3: into. I think I think that's a I think that's a great way to segue into uh, the next point you wanted to make here, which is um, how are you gonna change the game?
0: Okay. You want to you want We talked about hard and fast lines and we've talked
3: about how we're gonna get in certain areas. I love
0: that. Before I move on, I wanna ask my players if there's anything that they do not want to see in the game. Period. I don't want to talk about it. It isn't funny. It's not
1: cute. I don't have anything off top.
3: I don't have anything. I don't think I don't think so. I want to go on record as saying this. I don't think that I have anything that we haven't already touched on, which is obviously I don't want to see any like well, I, I mean, assault. I
0: particularly care about uh, you because uh, I made a huge mistake when I brought you in, Jeff, because you came in mid-campaign last time, that I didn't have, like, a session zero with you in this way. So if there is something that, you know, was, I would, I haven't asked. So if it's fine to say nothing, but I just wanted to check in.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, um, like I said, we, we've already touched on the, the major things for me that I'm not really too into, um, that I'm not really okay with, is really the better way to put it. Um, you know, other than that, I don't have... I specifically don't have uh, any hot buttons that I can think of at this moment. Nothing to add? I have nothing to add. Mm-hmm.
2: That's where I'm at, too. Like, we've already... We have we discussed this ahead of time, so it was already in Jay's notes. Yeah. So, like, I don't have anything to add here, because we've already...
0: Yeah. So, no sexual assault, no... Let's call it ugly racism. Because uh, you guys have, have, have even said some things, like, that was too close to home in the last campaign and you steered me away from it and we edited it out you know we didn't do it in the game you stopped like like there were some parallels that ended up being drawn that we just said let's not let's not do those and so we're going to keep that energy going forward too and like i said this campaign's probably not going to be dealing with with racial tension the way that last one did it's not actually an issue i think
3: that i think that as far as racial tensions are concerned i don't i think that a lot of what happened in the last campaign that that came up between me and Ryan, or at least specifically for me, is that if you stumbled onto something that's like, yeah. that's a thing, mm-hmm. don't do that. But if you mean to, yeah, I'm I'm all for it yeah. right? and, and, because and, there's intention that, behind that's that. that's
0: a great – that, that's why we call it hard and soft limits, right? Hard limit. We're not going to deal with sexual assault. Soft limit. If we run into this, you have to tell me about it, and then we'll discuss it real quick. But it's
1: probably a no-no. But if right. it's that's used why, that's intelligently for a narrative exactly. purpose, yeah, that's we're, why soft yeah, no, are deliberately intelligent, yeah, no, no soft racism, but definitely hard. We mean it, racism.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. If there's racism in the game, know that we did it on purpose.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah. Really fucking. We stand behind
0: that. it. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. that, that racism
3: <laughs> was intended. Yeah. It was on purpose. Actually, come to think of it, maybe don't lynch anybody. Can we do that? Can we not lynch anybody? Let's not lynch anybody. That's a, that's that's a hard a, limit. That's, a,
0: that's fine. No, hard limit. That's lynch. a hard
3: limit, yeah. Devils.
1: The Church of Newman preaches to guard against devils, not just them. The best friends, the Skulls, even the barbarians across the seas know to ward against evil. It used to be just ghost stories we told our children, to help people grow honest and good. A bad life sent you to hell, but if you've seen the battlefields of those who fought against Bree, you might believe the rumors that they are possessed by an ancient evil. Black powder does awful things to a body, or what's left of the bodies. Maybe it's just shell shock, but more than one soldier has come home with tales of fighting something unholy out there. I've treated veterans who still carry nightmares starting to have them too makes me wish the Numanites were still around
0: rules at homebrew if the, if that's how you feel and we're good we got a lot a few soft limits not too many hard i'm good with that we can move forward my, my story as i have it figured out so far shouldn't be a problem uh rules and homebrew we'll go ahead and do that one uh so, let's see. Where should I start? Uh, guns. We'll go ahead and start with guns since we brought those up. Uh, they go boom. Art- they're an artifice thing. They are semi-magical, we're going to say, because in the, con- the, in the context of Dungeons & Dragons, artificery is a magic, and I don't want it to be just strictly mechanical. They are still based in gunpowder. They are very similar to a musket if you need to talk about them. That's how they work. You know, like... For all intents and purposes, but they're also like kind of viewed as magic
3: equipment. Does your game have a blunderbuss?
0: Anything's
2: a blunderbuss if you load it poorly enough.
0: We'll talk about that later, but you literally have a guy with the abilities to make anything you are saying right now happen. You have an artificer on your team, and that sounds like great artificer bullshit for him to pull once we start playing. So
3: for
1: can now, you, it's muskets can and pistols. Tre-
3: can you make a cannon that you treat like pirates treated their cannons, and you just put whatever the fuck you want in that thing yeah. and, Gets and called launch a it bus. all yeah, the time? You that,
0: yeah. You mean any? <laughs> you mean Wunderbuss. any metal tube backed with a bomb? So it's a straight catapult that, with a bomb at the end of it. So
1: guns, yeah, guys, yeah. guns do forty-six damage. They do forty-six damage. They do forty-six damage. That's a lot. That's more. Hey, that's more than my base damage right now. That's more than my base health.
2: Dude, I'm not going to have... I'm not even going to have 46 health until I'm, like, level 6. Nice. No, no, you are yeah, not I'm uh, like going like to have... 46 yeah,
3: health do, f- points is a lot.
2: Guns do 46 okay. damage. Hey, remember when I said guns
0: are going to be violent?
3: 46, right? You're, you're talking 46. <laughs> about... It just does 46. 46.
0: 4-6. 4-6. Why 46? Side that's a weirdly... Dice. Dice. How would you, you settle on that? Yeah. 4 six-sided dice. Uh,
3: oh! 4-D-6.
0: Oh, 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 gosh. Me They and do forty
3: six different page. Yeah. Cool. We were they on the do, same page, but, like, different book than you.
0: They do 46 damage. They have a range of 20 to 120 feet.
3: W- at what point does the disadvantage the kick 20. in? 20. 21, well, technically.
0: Yeah, 20, at 21 feet, you're less likely to be shot, because it, it is an old-school, shitty-ass musket. At least the basic musket that the soldiers are carrying.
3: Are you telling me that these these barrels aren't barreled properly?
0: They are not barreled properly. We are in early gun stages in history. In I believe the term world. you mean is rifled. Yes, rifled. You're right. No, I no I do mean no. Rifled. This is our world. They're not barreled properly. They're barreled. That means they're a hand grenade. Yes, they have a twenty to one hundred and twenty foot range. That's what I meant by I'm going to be really showing how devastating guns can be, especially at low levels. They are definitely designed to kill mages. Like they are designed to level the playing field against so-called adventurers and people of high physical ability. Uh. It's going to balance that, especially the first time you see a line of soldiers with guns. If you see a line of them with muskets, it's going to be a problem. Now, you guys will also, you know, have access to said gun, but I think that as players, you're going to find that your abilities are pretty dope. Like, maybe in the beginning, the musket is is uh, the good choice, but reloading it's going to be a, a pain. In line with that, there are two types of magic item now. I am differentiating in my world. This is sort of a homebrew thing. There are magic items like stated in the, the D&D guide, right? And then there are wondrous gear. I'm bringing back an old term from 3rd edition and Pathfinder. There's wondrous items and magic items. Magic items require attunement. They mm. are powerful things from an old era, or they're made by a powerful mage. A lot of the items that you've seen in Campaign 1 were mostly magic items, right? Just about everything requires some form of attunement, even the stuff that I didn't make attune, right? And magic items will always be... Better, stronger, and really there's nothing you can do to stop them. Then there's going to be wondrous items. These are things that are typically made by an artificer or uh, some low-level mage. It is something that is slapped together and it's run by dreams and uh, a hint of magic power. These wondrous items shouldn't need attunement and they're going to be more common. They represent artifice and alchemy and alchemy's leaps and technological advancement. A wondrous item, however, is not magic. And so if you have a wondrous weapon, it will not bypass a creature's damage resistance. Does that make sense? Uh, like, if I give you, a, like, an alchemical sword that shoots fire, it, it'll do fire damage, but it is not the same as, like, a flame burst sword. Okay. Which is a magic item. Does that make that makes sense? You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk, right. talk about it as I hand... Like, if I hand something out, I'll let you know the difference. Nine times out of ten, it won't matter. Right. Particularly with a weapon, you'll notice it will because of what I did, like, the example I just gave. If you're trying to bypass damage reduction, right. it's not gonna work. Um, also, right. wondrous items... Wondrous items also have this quality, potentially. They may also be faulty, flimsy, or capable of breaking down. They tend to be less expensive, but I can make them, like, as a dungeon master, I can just be like, well, you rolled a nat 1, so it breaks, you know, sort of a thing. We can, uh, it'll be another potential issue with wondrous items.
3: Um, are you gonna, are you gonna build that into them, or is it just gonna be a nat 1 sort of thing? Uh, this is this is a curiosity that doesn't have to this be. going to fold
0: into the, another of the house rules that I'm coming up to. Short rule, if it attunes its magic, if not it's wondrous. That's the shorthand rule. There's probably going to be exceptions. Yes. We'll we'll deal with it as we go. Uh, the next rule that's going to answer your question, Jeff, is that I want to introduce something called story points, leading into our brand our new brand telling good stories and narrative driven podcast that BS I said for a whole campaign. I'm introducing a thing called narrative points. In the Dungeon Master's Guide, if DMs have read that, they may have seen an alternative rule called plot points. And I kind of took these as inspiration. Plot points are a rule where you hand out a plot point to every character, and they can spend that point to make something happen in world that changes the story. Maybe they find the example given in the book is that they find like a door, a secret door that wasn't there before. My story points are gonna be a little different. Definitely inspired by that. So, story points in the vein of legendary actions. I, as the DM, will use story actions to ensure that certain narrative events cannot be avoided. Dungeons & Dragons, particularly 5th edition, is so heavily skewed in players' favor that it is so easy for you guys to steal any plans from me because the spells you have and the abilities you have are godlike, even at low levels. Let's say I've already used my reaction, but I definitely want the story to move forward, and so I need this character to hit hit the big red button to cause Doomsday, the countdown to start, right? It's not his turn. The rules don't say I can do it. I know technically as a Dungeon Master I can just say shit and you guys have to roll with it, but I don't really like that. I like to play by the rules, quote-unquote. And how has that worked in the past? It doesn't work great, so this is how I'm doing it. So I will use, like, I will tell you I am using a story action, and that story action just happens. There's nothing you can do to stop it. I will narrate reasons in-game why it doesn't happen. Like, well, why couldn't I have stopped that? Well, your leg, like, you know, you had recently been tripped, so you're, you're down. Or, like, the, the world is rumbling, so you can't quite get
2: to your feet. That's a Deus Ex uh, moment. Yeah.
3: Well, and and not just that it it also it also adds a play component to it where we can be like okay well obviously I guess we don't know how many story points he has so to a certain extent it's not oh me. well
0: well that's the fun bit I can do this whenever I just have story yeah. actions now the flip side of that is every time I use a story action let's say I do something that's plot changing I cause uh it, it it's a hard railroading decision that if it doesn't go down all my plot will go out the window I can do these whenever after after I use a story point you guys will all get a story point. Story points will be replacing um, inspiration in this game, which means that you can use them just like inspiration. You have a story point, you can just gain advantage on any role you want, just as just the same way the inspiration works. You do not gain them from doing cool shit where I go, oh, you have that. You gain them every time I use one. If I use one, you all get one. Just like inspiration, you can't have more than one point. Uh, but, and that encourages you guys to find ways to use them, even if it's just as inspiration. Now, the fun part is these story points can be used as more than just inspiration. You can use them in a few ways. I give these as really examples, but I want you to be creative with this, okay? These are like low impact ways of you adjusting the story in just a little bit. It's it's you as a player's ability to just kind of put spin on the ball. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Sure. If you guys, like, so giving an example of how you guys can use a story point, let's say you gain an an extra non spell casting or role play action within combat. Within the rules, you're allowed to interact with one op- object. Very low level use of this ability. It just allows you to do one little thing that you didn't have time to do on your turn. Hide the, hide the MacGuffin, pick somebody's pocket, do something that's like, low, like I said, low impact, but allows you to do something narratively interesting. Uh, create or back purchase a non-magic cheap piece of adventuring gear in the moment. My character must have would have bought rope at his earliest opportunity in the last town. So can I say that I bought rope? Uh, bump yourself one slot in the initiative order. It's imperative that my rogue beats their rogue to the goal. Like, or like, I, I rolled high, but I need to go before Mitch because Mitch is the, you know, Mitch is going to like really wreck things when he gets there. Let me get my turn off first. Uh, or one of the higher ones that was here because of uh, Ryan's request in the last campaign. Ignore hit points in a situation where insta-death or assassination makes sense they're asleep. You've succeeded in every check. You've beaten every wall that I can place before you, Jeff. I want to slit their throat. Well, it's just a dude. So yeah, do you have a story point? (laughs) Will be my question to you. And you can be like, fucking sure do. And I'll be like, well, I'll miss that NPC. So we can use story points to bypass mechanics if it makes sense. And maybe he still has—he still has death saves after you do that. But still, it'll be something that we can drive a narrative point home, and like they're designed to keep story flowing in a real way that Dungeons and Dragons on its own does not. Yes, I'm aware these are unnecessary, but I feel like it'll be a fun interaction between us—the the the
1: trading back and forth of story points. I, I I enjoy them. I think it's a great idea, and I and I am very happy about the inclusion. But the fact that uh, I can use a story point. To insta kill someone and they still get rolls, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Death save, death Fuck fucking death save. <laughs> Fuckin death save.
3: <laughs> um, I just want to go on record as these can be used more fluid than those things mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Correct? Those are just examples.
1: These are
0: yeah. These are these are not hard written examples. I'll I'll go ahead and send you these as examples so you can kind of use them. I mainly made these to give you an idea of like the scale of what what these story points can do. Uh, you can use them as like a, a ruler as opposed to to a to a rule. If that makes sense. Yeah. Any questions? No, sounds good, man. All right.
1: What what if I used a story point to like get a dog? Oh, I never mean, mind. Actually I do have a question.
0: Are you maybe. Depends
1: on where you're at, I guess, yeah. Like in the middle of like a prison what, cell, maybe not. What if what if I'm like <laughs> what if I'm like my character needs to learn death and I need no. to have a dog I need I want a puppy that I want to pet and accidentally break its neck? I don't think I
0: wanna give you story points.
1: Give Brian. me story points, Jay.
0: Okay, man. I'll we'll have to talk about it. And bottom line, I'm still dungeon master. I'm still the arbiter of whether they fly. But I'm going to be doing my best to be going like, yeah. Now that you do, if you have the point, you have the you can spend it. You can do it. I
3: need a question. Yeah, I, so. I almost forgot to ask, and it's an important question. Can we use story points to, if it makes sense in some way, counter? You using your story points, maybe not direct yeah. counter, maybe not diametrically oppose or, or maybe not, maybe l- let me put it in a different way. Maybe not nullify, but oppose.
0: I, I think that my, 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 my hand, my, my just concrete response is no, that you can never undo any story. Like you cannot negate a story point. It's not, I win times infinity. I'm, I win times infinity plus one. We're not going to do that. But the narrative is different and we will discuss them as they come up, I think, because I think that these, the whole point of these is for them to be fluid, to be a sort of improvisation. Yes. And, and I don't think I'm going to be able to answer all your questions right here and we'll have to explore this rule as we play.
2: Okay, cool. So uh, an example I was going to ask about earlier, that's kind of in the vein with this, is you said, uh, the guy has to hit the button because things happen. Sure. So I was just trying to kill a dude. 'Cause I feel like Jeff's character is the one that's gonna be doing this. Yes. He's trying to stop the alarm from going off, right? But yeah. the guy needs to trigger the alarm. So mm-hmm. Jay would say, No, you don't you don't get you don't get the drop on him because he needs to trigger the alarm. The way I envision your system, Jeff could say, But I do get to kill him, right? Yes. So like you could be like, Nope the guy the guy runs the guy escapes your grasp, whatever, and hits the button and Jeff goes, but I still get to f- can kill him, right?
0: Yeah. I, I think yeah. Because he's th- not
2: taken away from the the driving factor of your story point, but yeah. it allows him to still control his character's interaction in the instance.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that like that it's a ham fisted way of describing the interaction, but yeah, I, I think that I will try to avoid
2: uh at that It's point, not like I trip him, no he doesn't.
0: If if I have to use <laughs> a story point, like as a dungeon master, I'm always just making up the narrative, right? But if I have to use a story point, it means that I am cheating my players in some way, in my mm. mind. Like, as a dungeon master, I was like, no, that dude is downed. Like, But if it's downed, the action's going to come to a real bad halt, like something like that. It's my way of keeping the story moving in a fluid way. I, I'm going to try not to screw you guys, like, just screw my players. I'm, I'll screw your characters with story points because that's the point of them, right? It's to keep the okay. narrative going, keep it interesting. But I'm not going to, like, cheat my players. That'll be, like, my goal, right? as a as a DM is to walk that line between cheating the characters is my job cheating the players is a bad DM.
1: <laughs> I think the the one example that I was going to throw out as a thing that uh would probably not counter the story point. Uh using your same alarm example if I uh randomly was like I pull out a device that nullifies said alarm obviously that would not work, correct?
0: It, it would be yeah, that'd be a pretty I mean if you had something let's say you have something that is i pull out a use. handheld emp
1: that i fucking made out of nowhere uh i would i like mean to if use you use already have so so here's
0: here's a great use for it right you mm-hmm. already have a handheld emp it doesn't do that but if you can be like well it would make sense that if this thing works on electricity of any kind that like my emp could fuck up that that alarm mm-hmm. if like it, it's a good excuse for you to be like well this makes sense and then, rather than us arbitrate and be like, well, I don't know, blah, 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 I'll just be like, do you have a story point? Okay. That'll be like my go to is just me going, yes, if you have the, the cost. Like, it's basically this thing where we won't dicker over things. It'll just be like,
1: this is in the example that, like, if you used a story point specifically to set off that alarm, if I use one to counter, will it? That would be different.
0: No, the okay. alarm went off. Okay. Uh, there'll probably be a repercussion for that no matter what, but if you can okay. turn off the alarm, it's a great example.
1: Okay, cool. That's all I got. I'm ready to move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um there like I said, can't cancel a story point, but you might find a a workaround or a fix for what happens after that. A tweak is the best way to describe it. Um let's see. What other homebrew? Did I'm bringing too much homebrew, guys? I I, I y'all, y'all y'all said yes to too much homebrew. Uh back to magic items. I'm changing healings, I'm changing them heals. There's two types of healing potion. There are now assembly line Uh, quick-made healing potions, and we'll discuss them in-game later. You will be introduced to them. But uh, the original healing potions are better. The magic ones. The actual ones. The good ones. The ones you find in dusty dungeons, and you blow the dust off, and the glass is still still okay, and you down them. They're gonna work more like 4th edition healing potions. Because, hey, 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 listener, can you explain to me why a level 20 character gets less from a healing potion than a level 1 character does? I would like to know. I would like to know the D&D thought Behind the fact that you apparently just resist magic healing. Odd. Uh, yes. I was hit by a sword today. And because I'm level 20. The point got you. That hurt a lot. Like, yeah, it, it, I I I, I, took, I took a healing potion and I had a sword run through me. I had like a quarter of my hit points gone, which is like 25 hit points. And I took a healing potion today and only healed me eight. My buddy over here, he had a sword run through him. He's only level one. He took a healing potion and healed him fully. And I don't know why. So I fixed it. Because it bothered Jay. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED talk.
3: I respect that, um, and I agree with it to a certain extent. But I'm also curious as like, is, what about the different denominator? Don't get me wrong. I don't think they 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 scale high enough, right? Because like I think the highest scaled is superior, and that's like four or like uh, maybe eight D four, and eight D four has an average of like uh, sixteen points. 84 yeah. plus. Uh, eight. Yeah, You so heal like 16 like points at
0: the highest level of healing that you can buy. It's it's several thousand dollars to buy one. Um, several thousand gold pieces yeah. to buy the highest level of healing. The way it's going to work is the four levels of healing heal a quarter, one half, three quarters, or full heal. This is what they do. like it. Okay. And it's based on your health. I don't care. I'm br- It is one of the few things from 4th edition that made a lot of sense and I'm bringing it back. You heard me. There are things in 4th that were good. Whoa. blasphemy! Yeah. No. How dare in, you. I stand by it. Standing on record. So healing potion will heal you a quarter of your health.
3: Shit. Okay. Cool. Is it? It's still gonna be fucking crazy expensive for the high, high, the bigger ones.
2: Oh yeah, no, it's I mean, still stupid expensive. It yeah, it's still stupid expensive. Given yeah. that a high level one full heals you, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It was when a low level one did like a little bit, and then a medium one did like a little bit plus one, and then you can buy a Ferrari or yeah. have or uh, I or guess a ones. little more. Yeah, or heal one. Yeah. You could have an armor that gives you like plus three to AC, or you could buy one supreme
0: healing potion. No, we're getting rid of that. It doesn't you get, make like, sense. 12 head points. I think that the higher tier uh, healing potions will largely be not around. Like, I don't think that there is necessary with this particular rule set. I think a healing potion might be a healing potion. Uh, as you guys level up, I might rethink that. But starting out, I think a healing potion is a healing potion. I think because it it's gonna it's gonna scale with you, and you're gonna feel good about that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Final rule. This one's weird. We actually discussed this one uh, off the record and stuff a few times. Uh, I had Mitch and Jeff both hit me with ideas. Ryan, I don't know if you were there for this meeting. No, but I guarantee I'll agree with it. (laughs) (laughs) You're down. It's the great thing about new D&D players. They don't know better. They don't know any better. I don't
1: care enough. I just want to (laughs) play.
0: Exactly. It's great. Uh, Res. House rule for short and long res. Not a lot's going to change except for because we play a narrative-driven show and 5th edition is built on the adventuring day, they change things. They, they they expect you to do, like, a certain number of battles per day, they expend so many resources before you get to rest, and it means that, like, my narrative feels very hands-tied by the system, and this is my attempt to fix that. So, this rule is very tenuous, guys. Um, I'm hoping it'll work. We discussed it, but just so you, so you guys understand what you're going to be getting into going forward and so that the listeners will understand why we're doing things a certain way and, and the terminology we're going to use. Short and long rest will mostly be the same. However... We're going to bring this idea, and Mitch gave me this one, so shout out to you, buddy. Uh, You can fully heal with one night of rest, but there will now be a good rest, which is identical in all ways to a normal long rest, and there will be a poor rest, which will essentially function like a short rest. The problem is, is that at some point you guys have to sleep, otherwise exhaustion sets in, so it's not like your players can avoid taking a long rest forever. Something about your rest is simply not good enough if you take a poor rest, though. And for the most simple example that you guys will run into is you will get a poor rest if you are camping, if you aren't in a bed. Like, if you guys are traveling on the road and you have to make camp, you're going to have a poor rest, which means that traveling from one place to another, if you don't make it from, like, tavern to tavern, it's going to be a problem. We're going to make sort of travel through the wilderness a way more interesting and potentially deadly endeavor which i'm hoping will add some like some gravitas to exploration and travel. Uh it's not going to happen all the time, but it's definitely going to be one of those just narrative like oh you guys are tr- choosing to go out into the desert, right? Where well, you know there's no town between here and there, but you want to beat the bad guys through the mountain pass sort of thing, you know? Like this is the drawback to doing that. Because normally you just do it, you camp for the night, and you'd be good to go next day, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. Uh Ryan, you have a question.
1: I do. Uh
0: As a Warforged that doesn't need to rest. How does this pertain to me? Um, so, you want to pull up what Warforged says about rest, and I'll answer the question. Okay. Uh, while you do that, I'm just gonna go ahead and finish out the rule. Uh, sometime, your rest isn't good enough. During travel, anytime you sleep without a, a warm bed and a hot meal, you will be considered to be getting a poor rest. Travel is rough. If you find yourself in a situation where you all have to take turns standing watch, I'll probably consider it a poor rest. Let's say you are in a tavern, but you're hiding out, and somebody's always on the lookout. You guys are on edge. I might tell you that you guys are getting a poor rest tonight. Uh it and the way that they work, I think I am going to make them a little bit better than a short rest. Uh this one's from Katie. Katie gave me this one, Jeff. You can blame her for this. Uh if you take a poor rest, that is a long rest. Those you get your dice back like you would, but you then have to spend your health dice on a 1 to 1 for if you if you can either get do health like you would normally or you can spend them on a 1 to 1 for spell slots and abilities. So a first level slot would be one uh, yeah.
3: dice. Yeah, Katie's pretty smart. It's yeah, pretty that was good. Pretty one. Clever. I do that like was a that. good fix that she kind of yeah.
0: we we argued back and forth for a long time. You spent 2 minutes to tell her what we talked about and she fixed it in 5 seconds. Way to go Katie. Yeah, Does right the a second away. level slot take two dice? Yes. That's how it works. Should be simple enough to understand. The only question will probably come up when it comes to like uh s- abilities. Like does a fighter get his uh what do you call it? Uh, second win or so not I'm second win? Planning uh, on stage. being
2: a druid. I'm planning yeah. on being a druid later, right? Yes. Is there going to be a point where I will not get enough dice to get my top slot back?
0: Shouldn't because it's nine dice, okay. and by the time you have nine dice, you have seventeen
1: levels. Okay.
3: Right. Yeah. That that should never come up. Yeah. You should I wasn't be good. sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah. So,
1: as far as a, a Warforged's rest, it is called Sentry's Rest, and when you take a long rest, you must spend at least six hours in an inactive, motionless state rather than sleeping. In this state, you appear inert, but it doesn't render you unconscious, and you can see and hear as normal. Alright, so I think that my take on Warforged, particularly if you have hit point damage,
0: right? I don't think you just gain hit points from sleep like you have to heal and as a warforged particularly artificer i think the flavor will be that you're not inactive during your rest you're repairing yourself like there is a downtime for you i think that's how we'll describe it okay it's you've got your wrench out and your screwdriver and you're just you know putting the wires back in place and things like that and if you can't don't have the time or the equipment maybe it might even come down to whether or not you have the right equipment uh, whether you get a poor rest or not, can I tell you, you might have, be dictated less by the bed and more by the equipment at I have hand.
1: Fucking every kit, but okay, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, the no, way that I things worked out. But yeah, got it, ma-
2: it takes him. Maybe you need it a takes him an hour to fix things. himself, but it takes him six hours to find that ten millimeter socket. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what's up?
3: Yeah, I'm, uh, I was going to offer the just the idea that um, that in in the in the poor rest version, mm-hmm. he is not bringing all of his equipment with him. He doesn't have everything he needs. Like you said, uh he doesn't have everything he needs to to fully do that, right? Yeah. He can ch- pick and choose. But in the in the good rest, there's thing there are maybe there's like a even better like a, he needs water or whatever, right? Or he needs mm. some version of thing that he would get at a I need in a lubrication.
0: town. Oil right. can. He needs some lubricant. <laughs> Oil can. Oil can. Uh, uh exactly. I, I think it might be interesting too maybe when you guys are traveling, he is better rested than you we could pitch that idea if you guys are okay with it that's but what that's I gonna put so. him like y'all he might have to protect y'all in certain instances and then i could flip-flop sure. it later like yeah no they get a good rest you don't because you don't have your stuff with you like something like that maybe maybe it does come up at another
3: point right for okay.
0: different reason. uh that'll be up to y'all yeah. or maybe jay will just spend a story point to cause certain things to happen hey, Yeah, yeah yeah, no, we can, we can yeah I think all of those
3: are really fun. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I think that with the rules that we have set, the house rules that I've put into play, we, we'll we be able to play on the different house rules with other house rules. I think it'll be fun. I'm not too worried about it.
3: You should be. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You've
0: been, t- you've been calling me a bad DM for three years, Ryan. You should be worried. Never The worry, thunder's Jay. coming. I'm never
2: worried,
1: Jay. I'm wearing my thunder shirt. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're wearing your thunder shirt, huh? Does that resist lightning? Oh, it?
2: No, it resists Sonic, dumbass.
0: <laughs> no, I like Sonic. Uh, and he likes chili dogs. And that's that's the last of my homebrew. The only thing that I am going to leave you on is I'm going to come back to the homebrew for the story points uh, because I didn't say it. You can spend them on each other. Ooh. Okay.
3: Like to um to like make Ryan look really pretty. Yeah, something
0: like that.
2: You know. Make, I spend a story point on Jeff. He has a good day. Yeah, he has a good day. Oh,
3: hell man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Wholesome. He just handles it all so well. And
1: <laughs> it's been a great so far. That's <laughs> a hell of a way guess... to describe
0: that, but accurate. And now questions about next game do you guys want to know anything about the world do you guys want to know anything about your characters there something that we didn't cover uh i'm sorry that i hogged the the spotlight for like however long this took to do the homebrew i i I feel like i brought too much now that i've laid it all on the table in one go
3: no i think it's good i think it's a lot of really productive homebrew um i would say as far as questions for the world the the only question that i might have and and this is mainly a question that we're going to resolve uh as we start recording that i kind of already know the answer but are we all going to start in the same place
0: no Um, i actually am going to be doing individual prologue recordings with each one of you to set up your characters before you meet we are going to be doing a prologue episode each one of you getting a little short story about each other or about yourselves basically and then session one basically we'll call it episode one you will have met Basically, the prologue will okay. sort of show where you guys were just before you guys all got together.
3: Do you wanna? Do you wanna? I don't know. Tease out or hint out or give us some ideas to where we might start.
0: Uh, you will all be starting in. Or near Brie, the nation, because there's also the city of Brie, and we'll let that be complicated for as long as it needs to be. Uh, so the primacy, well, this, is why, this is why we're going to call it the primacy. So you'll be in and around the primacy, or it's dependencies. Dependencies are the nations under primacy control, but not fully annexed to the nation. And uh, you will be starting in Brie, my friend. That's actually where you begin. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Mitch will be starting on the outskirts of a dependency of the primacy. Right at the, like, as the it turns
2: out, I'm not welcome indoors. Nope, nope. So he'll, he's definitely not house trained. We are
0: going to have to resolve that, and I think that's what we're going to be doing in his prologue. Don't we're going worry to about it. how exactly he gets around. I'll invite you in. <laughs> yeah, he won't know the difference. <laughs> and uh, Ryan's Ryan's character's been kicking it, uh, so we're just going to show that Chilling. he's just going to be hanging in Portus Sinmar, which is one of the major cities in the Primacy, and uh, I'll just sort of introduce him there. He's going to he's going to be a nice introduction to the town itself.
3: Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that is uh definitely my biggest question. It was my biggest question at this point. It's just to you know see that. Um. I guess my. I don't think I I have anything. My biggest question
1: is: Are you going to uh bringing us back to homebrew? Are you going to put my homebrew weapon in in the thing so that I can equip it? Oh.
3: Oh yeah,
2: the gun that fires lances. Oh yeah, you want the
0: gun that fire the gun lance? The gun that fires lances. My gun
1: lance that we've talked about for um, so very long. No. Uh
0: no, you won't start with one. That's fine. Yeah, no, we will not
2: start you with a gun lance. But That's yes, fine. there will. Can be gun he start lances. with a lance? i can he start with a lance that fires I would, guns?
0: I would just maybe. like to see.
3: it. Ooh, I, I like that.
0: See it. You just want to see it. Just you just want it to exist. It exists. Okay,
2: you don't have one. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe this is a better way. So Jay, if I had a gun lance, what what kind of damage dice would it be rolling? If you had a gun lance, <laughs> the which wait, wait, which one? The one that fires the
0: guns or the ones that fires lances? Yeah, it's it's very specific. Yeah. The one that fires lances that would do uh. Well, how many lances are you going to fire in one round? If it's a charge shot, all of them. Okay, so if it's all the lances, it's going to do 8d8. Nice. it fires all 8 lances at once. Yeah.
3: Nice. How long does it take to charge?
0: A day. A full day. (laughs) Like, just (laughs) just all day. Oh, shit.
1: It's going to be be like I'm loading up a spirit bomb.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He holds his hands up, and he just says, Hey, everyone, hand
1: me your
2: lances. (laughs) Eight episodes later. (laughs) (laughs) One, One episode per charge. Uh...
1: 24 hours later.
2: Episode 36, Ryan. Oh shit, I found my gun lance! 36d8. Yep.
0: <laughs> that, that's the energy that your gunlance is bringing, yeah. Very much uh, anime that's trying to not outpace the, the manga energy. That's that's what we're going to be doing with your gunlance. Sick.
3: Fantastic. Uh, I love it. Uh, but I also love anime that outpaced the, the manga, so... <laughs> I'm a little on both. I
0: mean, they're they're almost universally there.
2: remade where they cut all that stuff out. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> but sometimes it was better.
2: I have a question for the listeners and us. So there was some cameos in the last campaign that was foreshadowing for this campaign. Ryan's character was in an episode. Mm-hmm. Um a person from my cult faction was in an episode. Do you want to talk about who that was, or and or is anyone from Jeff's new character's origin some sort of Easter egg in the the last campaign? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I know yeah. that Ryan had one. I know that I had one. I'm not sure Ra- about Ryan's Jeff. character was
0: seen. Uh, your character's group was met by Bruce and Grimm outside of Santitas, and uh, b- long before you guys reached Santitas, a a fishy boy did try to kill you as part of a as part of one of the groups you guys fought. Uh, you mm. might remember him as the one who spoke in all haikus. And I will expect Jeff to continue that, I believe, uh, in this <laughs> campaign. That's uh, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, Oktung
2: Isaac. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. He's... That's weird. His, uh, his character sheet just toggled the discrepancy mute.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that was an option. Uh,
2: my... Oh, sign language.
3: Cool. Yeah, my character only speaks sign only, language. Only so. Didn't sign know language.
2: that was a base language. Awesome.
0: Oh,
1: good. Yeah. That's going to be really great for this podcast.
0: Yeah. Make sure you do it really <laughs> loud next to the mic with your
2: hand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, want you. To... That would that would be kind of hilarious. It's sign
1: language with the intensity of a jutsu, so you can hear that shit. Yeah, you, I need to hear he, the wish, 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 <laughs> wish, wish, wish. <laughs> he's, he's playing Chewbacca, but silent. Wait,
2: what's that? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that's a good idea. No, that's definitely
1: not going to work. That's a bad signing. That's a really, really (laughs) bad spell. Okay, maybe if we go that way. Wow. He's still signing. That must be a level nine spell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and uh, copy these rules to you
1: guys in a Google Doc. Cool. Yeah, we might need Uh, that. copy pasta them? (laughs) Yeah. No,
3: copy pizza. Oh. How dare. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, dude pasta <laughs> spooky spaghetti
2: all right Spooketti? spaghetti all
0: right so i guess if like is there anything else we want to tease the, the, the viewers is there anything else we want to say going in we're what
2: are we looking at our first app being out uh
0: yeah when are we because that's a big one oh, for we,
2: we, we January, have that.
0: which means that our first app, it's looking like we're gonna just just go ahead and hold on to it and release it my plan is uh, February 14th. Uh, we're going to release. Save yourself oh. for
4: our anniversary. So that is the
0: same day we started as the day we were together. It's a Monday.
4: Yeah. The day of bad we, decisions. We will probably it's go okay. back to
0: Wednesdays after that Monday, but I am releasing on Valentine's
2: do, Day. To do show we, the
1: love. I don't know if we even want to put show this on here, love. but do we want to be nice and say that uh, this, uh, the, the, the prologue can drop on, on our actual anniversary and then we can actually double drop that we we do the one on Ooh. Wednesday? maybe that might be doable we'll see where we're at uh,
0: yeah we'll see where we're at by the time by the time this releases we will have that ready so that shouldn't be a problem we'll see all right mitch um i think that's everything we covered it uh go ahead and send us on out i've got some uh, last minute planning to do get ready for our first session i'm excited
2: tell them we're done make them go away thanks again for joining us everyone It's been great to get a chance to talk at you, and we are super excited to have you join us again for our next arc of our campaign at Torchlight Tavern. See you in two days.